William Holden was a legendary actor whose career started during the golden age of Hollywood. He was rich, he was famous, he was a huge fucking drunk. After his career fizzled, he drank himself into an oblivion at his oceanfront Santa Monica condo. One night, after a few bottles of vodka, he slipped, fell, and died at the age of 63. This week on Death and Entertainment. Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God! Shocking new details that has stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. Ah! What do you call this thing, anyway? Death in entertainment. Hello, Dedos. Oh my God! Welcome back to another edition of Death and Entertainment. We came back. We did. After we survived after the live one. Against all odds. Yeah. People coming in now, we have uh, already aired two Death and Entertainment Tonight lives on our YouTube channel. So if you haven't seen that yet, go subscribe to us and check it out. There's a lot of buzz around about this. There's a lot of buzz. (laughs) People are talking about it. We are doing it the Bill O'Reilly way. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Live. (laughs) Didn't he talk about that recently? Uh, He did. Yeah. Yeah. And he blamed everyone but himself. Of course. Yeah. It's a classic guy. (laughs) (laughs) He was talking about it on X with Tucker Carlson. That's right. Yeah. And we are talking about different things. My name's Kyle Plouffe. My name is Mark Mulcairin. And I'm Alejandro Dowling. And as you heard in the intro, we are talking about the Mr. Tipsy William Holden here. Yes, the very drunk, very talented, and very mysterious William Holden. Wow. William, hold my beer. Wow. Yeah, William, hold on to this uh, railing. You know, railing and don't <laughs> fall down. <laughs> So yeah, let's uh let's get into it. Yeah, let's go to November twelfth, nineteen eighty one. Top song, November twelfth, nineteen eighty one, we have Private Eyes by Daryl Hall and John Oates. Kinda slaps. Oh, it absolutely slips. <laughs> you, were play- you were playing it before we started here. Watching you. Yeah, it's a hot tune. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I love that one. And they're currently feuding. He yeah, they're done. Restraining order. Yeah. What? Restraining order. Yeah, they're not friends anymore. They're, they're like, we're, we're moving in different directions. Well, aren't they both like 90? Yeah, but like, <laughs> it's like that couple that gets divorced at like 80. I'm like, okay, you had a couple more years to wait. Yeah. <laughs> until you just, you know, died next to each other. Right. <laughs> You know, what are they going to go live and then start playing their songs by themselves? Yeah, <laughs> just half the song, different locations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they do that. Like that's a problem with a rock band. You actually have to be friends with the person for the most part. Yeah. we saw the Pixies recently, and uh, Frank Black and Kim Deal hate each other's guts. Mm. So she doesn't even go on tour anymore, or does she? Uh, I'm not sure. I think she might be one of those people like, fuck it, I need the money. I hate this guy, but I need the money. Yeah. Or you need to go the opposite way and not be friends at all and only see each other when you're doing uh, session recordings and live tour dates. Oh, that's weird. Red Hot Chili Peppers, they are not friends. Really? None of them are friends. They don't see each other unless they're on the road together or in the studio together. No shit. That's it. I saw Flea uh, hiking one day with his dog. With his dick out? Yeah, with his dick out. (laughs) Uh, That's that's the one time he wears clothes. That's so funny because the last time I saw him in person was Woodstock 99 where he was naked. That's right. So that makes sense. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. What a gap there. Yeah. What, a, what an Old Navy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that is sad about Hollow Notes, though. You'll never get to see them perform together. Nope. No. But you know what they say, time wounds all heals. <laughs> yeah. He <laughs> yeah. said it, man. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's, what's the movie situation here, Alejandro? Well, the top movie is actually one of my favorites. Yes. Bum, bum, bum. I, I saw that when I was putting it down here. Halloween 2. Ooh. Yeah. The nightmare isn't over. Not a lot of people, people that are diehard Halloween heads, like the, I mean, the original more than any of them. Well, yeah, you can't say that it's better than the original. Oh, okay. I Halloween 3 is the best. Ugh. All right. When it's all, fine, but... They're all getting taken over and controlled by the TV. I like the Busta Rhymes <laughs> one myself. Yeah. <laughs> Halloween Resurrection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Halloween 3 was directed by Tommy Lee Wallace, who also directed Fright Night 2. 
mm. which was produced by Jose Menendez. Yes. And he wasn't very happy about that situation. You killed my fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'd love to have a uh, a movie series just to run on the ground like that for, yeah. the, for the rest of my life. That would be so amazing. That's what Mustafa Akkad was doing with all the Halloweens. Yeah. Oh, really? He produced he bought the it? first one. He was the money guy. Yeah. And after that, that's all he did. And he had a clause where you couldn't kill Michael Myers. That's great. In, isn't that Irwin Winkler did that with Rocky? And that's why Stallone hates this guy because he bought his movie when he did it because Stallone didn't have a lot of money. But the guy, it's it's his franchise now. He can do whatever the fuck he wants with it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For the, most, for the most part, I think Stallone did pretty good with it. Oh, of course. Despite. Yeah. Despite. Yeah. Yeah. He and the Expendables, and he's doing all right. We're, no one's crying for Stallone. But yeah, Halloween 2, I actually view it as a standalone. It's a continuation of the first one, okay. but I think of it more as a fever dream. It mm. is an influential sequel on its own terms and a very effective, fun horror movie. Wow. Yeah. This is not... No one expected this insight into Halloween 2. That's listening to this podcast. It's actually a think piece on the downfall of print media. Oh, <laughs> wow. That's an insight. That's a callback. I've seen parallels. Callback to our Patreon episode when you talk about Walter Mitty. Oh, that's right. Yeah. We're, your favorite movie, Mitty. <laughs> My long-winded point is it's a good movie by itself. All yeah. right? Yeah. You yeah. got me? You heard it here first. Jesus Christ. Or last. Emphatically. Alejandro <laughs> wants you to know it's a good movie. And I need a drink like William Holden. I know. Well, he was definitely holding a few drinks, this guy. So let's get into it. William Holden was born, actually, William Franklin Beetle Jr. Beetle, Beetle, Beetle. Beetle Jr. Beetle Jr. Beetle Jr. Beetle Jr. It's It's Beetle Jr. time. He started out with his face painted white. (laughs) So he could have been William Beetle. Oh. Yeah, I guess that's not a name that Hollywood was buying. I'm Billy Beetles. Yeah. It almost sounds like that's the name you would change it to. Really? To beat? Yeah, it's a strong name, Beetle. If you're like a Volkswagen salesman in the 60s. You don't think it's a strong <laughs> name? Have you ever heard of a little group called the Beetle? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Well, if you were like, it seems like a uh, Goodfellas type fucking gang name. I'm like, had, oh, that's Billy Beetles. Yeah, they had Billy the Beetle. <laughs> Why they call him that? He always had Beetles. <laughs> he was coveting them. He was coveting Beetles the whole time. I don't know why. Um, he was born April 17, 1918, in O'Fallon, Illinois. I don't want to make it about me again, but that's the day before my birthday. There we 17. go. Oh, we okay. more birthdays. Yeah. Well, mine will be coming up later. So. Yeah. Well, actually, it's no- mine's November first, and this one's November twelfth. There so. we go. So yeah. connections. All we're all doing the Kyle thing, where we just connect our birthday <laughs> and everything, no matter what time of year. Yeah. He was the son of Blanche Beetle, a school teacher, and her husband William Beetle, senior. An industrial chemist. Mm. Yeah. Wow. So his dad was probably making like Agent Orange or something, <laughs> killing Vietnamese people or something. Oh, he um, had to boy. do something to get away from Blanche Beetle. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't sound like the greatest. <laughs> I'm Blanche Beetle, damn it. Oh, God. Here comes Blanche again. I'm your wife. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Don't you love me? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> what oh. did I tell you about wearing your shoes inside? Oh. <laughs> yeah. She's Southern now. She's like Blanche the Rug. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I'm, I do feel faint. I'm I'm Blanche Beetle, my my boy. I do declare. I do declare. Go fix me up a mint julep, would you? (laughs) So the family moves. They don't spend much time in O'Fallon, Illinois. They move to Pasadena when William is three years old. Pasadena, California. Pasadena, California. Okay, going to the sunny state. Yeah, they're moving on to to sunnier pastures. The Um, valley. To the VLA. Where Halloween 2 was filmed, by the way. Yeah, they're in South Bad- Pasadena also. We're, wow. we're even closer. Wow. Look at Kyle with all the Halloween 2 facts. Yeah, well, look at the big brain on Kyle. <laughs> the trying big to it- Beatles on Kyle. Yeah. He's trying to impress me. Yeah. He's trying to have one up you. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Okay. Yeah, maybe. 
Um, after graduating from South ba- Pasadena High School, William attends Pasadena Junior College, where he becomes involved in the local radio plays and starts stage acting also. So he's a, he's a JUCO actor. Oh. That, okay. that's, that's what Tracy Morgan said. He's like, he's like it's, a, it's a JUCO injury when he's talking about his leg. Yeah. He, he played ju- uh, junior college football. Yeah. He goes, that's a JUCO injury. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, William Holden seems like a guy who would have played football. Yeah, he was really into sports because he was trying to please his very domineering father who was like, his dad's an industrial chemist, so he probably thinks he's hot shit. And he's like, you know, you'll never be as good as me. We're Beatles, by damn it. And I'm the top <laughs> Beatle here. <laughs> King Beatle. Yeah, I'm King Beatle here. You're a Beatle. Act like it. Yeah. William gets discovered by Paramount Talent Agent in 1937. He begins acting professionally. They were all discovered back in the day. That doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, well, the studios had reach, especially in this town. Like, And also, the economy was such, like, you could actually hire people to do stuff. You know? yeah, unfortunately, they also had reach around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Alejandro's going for it. <laughs> you know, the casting couch in those days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I, I don't th- This family, they probably bought their house for like $10,000 or something or yeah. less. So, like, I think everything was very affordable. It was like the golden age of being American in, in Los Angeles, I feel like. Unless you're... I'm a minority (laughs) or or three other things. Um, But yeah, so 1937, big year for William because he actually, his first daughter is born from a relationship that he has with Eva May Hoffman, who was another actress. They never married. They just had a daughter. So okay. that's his, he's got his first daughter. Scandalous. Scandalous. At the time, definitely. Oh, Blanche was probably staring at her from across the room. Uh, <laughs> you soiled my son. Yeah. My William Jr. Eva May. Yeah. I think you're better than me. I'm Blanche, bitch. <laughs> you Blanche, bitch. She went from a southern debutante to a wrestler. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> WWF. Um, so now with a daughter to help provide for, William starts moving into bigger acting roles. Um he signs a contract with Paramount and like in those days, if you sign a contract with a movie company, you're going to work. Like there were so many movies being made. There's like the golden age of movies. Yeah. He gets uncredited roles in prison farm in million dollar legs. <laughs> That's a great name million for a dollar movie. million legs. dollar legs. What the hell? <laughs> what the fuck? Wasn't that uh, Tina Turner's nickname? Yeah, it could be. Well, didn't J-Lo... No, she got her ass insured for a million dollars. Yeah. Not her legs. I think Tina Turner did two for her legs. Oh, really? Yeah, those are the rumors that turned out to be true. Yeah, that ass. Um, <laughs> in the same year, William Holden got his first starring role in the movie Golden Boy. This is in 1939. He stars in Golden Boy uh, uh, with Barbara Stanwyck. Bloody FM presents... Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9pm Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Great actress. And they say that 1939 is the greatest year in cinema. Yeah. So this guy just like stumbles luckily into everything. Because you had Gone with the Wind and yeah. Wizard of Oz. So yeah, um, he this movie even sounds horrible, but he was great in it. It's, it's about a violinist who turns into a boxer. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, it was made for Columbus. killed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The first round, he breaks the violin over somebody's head. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, he was so bad in this movie, Golden Boy, that they um, Paramount wanted to replace him like midway through. Wow. Uh, but Barbara Stanwyck uh, stood in, stood up for him, and convinced a Paramount exec to keep him on, and they became like lifelong friends for the rest of their lives. I don't know if there was other stuff going on there, if they were having an affair or something, but yeah. Yeah, I see here on IMDb that he sent her flowers every year on the anniversary of that first day of filming. I think she saved his entire career because I think he was that bad. I think it was probably just 
he was probably hungover and not memorizing his lines. Right. And, and it's like Leonardo DiCaprio in that moment at Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, where you're just like stretching your, the entire set is staring at you. You can't mm-hmm. remember your lines. And it's just like, she probably just took him aside, calmed him down and just helped him kind of get through it and yeah. like saved his life. And it can be like that, especially in those days with the shooting on film, when they would watch the dailies. If he wasn't coming across well on screen, that would have been major. Yeah. The picture could be killed because of that. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, let's let's just dump this because we have five other ones being produced right now. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Well, the movie was a hit and everyone uh, loved his performance. And, um, you know, the rest is history for mm-hmm. his life because he's kind of skyrockets to fame and success here. 1941, he marries actress Brenda Marshall. They're married for a long time. He, they didn't divorce until 1971. But between that, they have two sons. But he's also he has a lot of girlfriends in between. So he's a he's a big time philanderer, uh, Mr. Holden, you yeah. know. Women love him, and he loves to love him. <laughs> and men want to be him. One, yeah. Slapping his beetle balls around. Yeah. He's slapping, <laughs> you, you could take the boy out of beetle, but you can't take the beetle out of the boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's like, you ever fucked a beetle? <laughs> you ever have a beetle inside you? Yeah. <laughs> uh, World War II. William serves as a second and then first lieutenant in the United States Army Air Force during World War II. He acted in training films at the motion picture unit for, it's basically like the propaganda wing of World War II. <laughs> so he, he wasn't actually fighting. No, he was He was not storming any beaches. Of, he was storming the beach of Santa Monica. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but that is the way you want to do it. Got to help out the cause yeah. in a safe way. And he looked on screen. You could see him in this propaganda movie. It was called uh, Reconnaissance uh, Pilot. And so it was like a propaganda movie with him starring in it. So he looks like he's dressed up in the uniform and stuff, but, you know, Mm -hmm. he's kind of stealing valor there a little bit. Because there were actual actors joining the cause, the war effort. There were, yeah, like John Wayne and like there was a bunch. Did he really, though? I don't know. That's a good point. I think he was one of those that he wanted people to think he did. But yeah, but then he's like, you know, Johnny America after that, and he's... He was going to fight that Native American girl that uh, took Marlon Brando's Oscar. Oh, Sasheen Little. Yeah, he wanted to fight her. He's like, I know. What a big tough guy. I want to fight this fucking little women. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking, yeah. Anywho, after the war effort, um, he returns uh, and starts acting again. His first movie, uh, Blaze of Noon in 1947, is also by Paramount, directed by John Farrow, father of Mia Farrow. Uh, okay. Alejandro's favorite person. Yeah. <laughs> I love Mia Farrow as an actress. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's great. So throughout the 40s, um, he kind of hits a slump. At the end of the 1940s, um, he did a bunch of shitty movies and a few like film noirs and westerns, totally unmemorable. Until 1951, he gets the movie Sunset Boulevard. Huge movie. Huge. Billy it, Wilder. Yeah, directed Billy Wilder. It's a classic. It's the movie where that line, I'm ready for my close-up, Mr. DeMille, yeah. comes from. Well, it's a weird movie, too. You think like some of these Golden Age movies that were huge hits were like superfluous, like the plot doesn't matter, but it's a very plot-driven movie, and it's it's very weird. And you mentioned forgotten film noirs he was stuck doing in the yeah. late 40s. This is, in some ways, the ultimate film noir. Sunset had, Boulevard? Yeah, because it has the same structure. Yeah. Where it opens up with a mysterious scene and he tells the story backwards. Like, here's how I got here. Yeah. He's smoking yeah. a cigarette. Yeah. But I think it's the quintessential film noir next to Double Indemnity. Yeah. With Barbara Stanwyck, his friend. She was but in that. We're but. in film school now. No, but it <laughs> really is an important movie. Yeah. It's so influential. Yeah, it got him back on his feet and made him like a, a superstar again. Yeah. Uh, he almost lost the role to Montgomery Clift, actually, who was originally cast, but he backed out of his contract, which shows you like he fucked up, clearly. <laughs> Maybe they were afraid to, some leading men were afraid to take the role because it's not a very heroic role. No, it's just like a, it's a burnout screenwriter who sucks at mm-hmm. his job and kind of like gets roped into this weird old uh, silent movie star's house on mm-hmm. Sunset Boulevard. A has-been. A has-been who's like living in a world in which she's still a huge star. Yep. 
which is like a common theme in a lot of those movies. Like, um, who were the, the two women that hated each other's guts? Um, oh, Betty Davis and Joan Crawford. Yeah, yeah. Like that movie they did, where whatever happened to Baby Jane and stuff like that. So that was like a common theme, like sad old women in big homes. <laughs> yeah, all about Eve, too. Yeah. The young girl yeah. who pushes her down the stairs, basically. Yeah. I uh, guess that's because it was really happening. I guess In so. Hollywood. It was a thing that just screenwriters just happened upon these crazy old women that were in these big old homes, I guess. <laughs> At some point during his career, becomes good friends with actor Ronald Reagan. Oh. He was the best man at Reagan's wedding to Nancy. Ronald Reagan. Oh, well, uh, William, will you be, uh, will you show up, please? You don't, want to destroy the middle class? Don't get too, want to hollow out this country <laughs> and send all the jobs to uh, to China? Well. Oh, well. <laughs> hey, Billy, you hear about this AIDS? You want to destroy the human spirit? <laughs> I heard Nancy, uh, she was skilled in acting, but she was skilled in other things, too, like Whoa. going downtown, if you know what so I mean. She had, she had a large reach yeah. in Hollywood. She liked the, those bananas, if you know what I mean. Aye, aye, aye. Oh, well, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I wonder if Ronald Reagan ever had trouble remembering his lines. Probably. Especially in the later years. (laughs) I'm talking about when he was president. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, fast forward through his story career. Like he did a lot of stuff. He did network, Guns of the Navarone. Network with Peter Finch. Peter Finch. Another big drinker. Yeah, Finchy. Um, Sabrina. I like that movie. I also like the remake with Harrison Ford. The original is best, though. Yeah, but Bridge on River Kwai, he made, like, bank, I guess. He made, like, a shitload of money. Mm. And he was able to, like, uh, he bought, like, a house in Switzerland. He, he bought, like, a um, a safari in Africa and stuff. What? He he bought what? a radio station in Hong Kong. I don't know where he found these investments, but he invested in weird shit all over the world. Interesting. Yeah, Bridge on the River Kwai, he made a fucking fuck ton of money. I don't, that, Why did he make so much money? I don't know. That? I think he had like a big portion of the back end or something. Oh, okay. He probably got some some guy drunk and, you know, probably signed <laughs> signed over a lot of money. So Percentage of the movie. Like a Nicholson deal. Yeah, Jack Nicholson. How he got $75 million for Batman. Oh, is that true? Yeah, because he had a back-end deal. Yeah, you can do that. If you if you sign the right deal, like I heard Josh Brolin was, was broke when he did American Gangster. He was like dead broke. Mm. And then his accountant called him up one day, or his lawyer said, hey, um, just so you know, you know, you got a big check coming from Sony or one of those companies. He's like, oh, yeah? And he's like... And he saw it, it was six zero zero zero, but it was, he thought it was sixty thousand. It was six hundred thousand. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'll, after everything, I'll get like twenty grand. It'll change my life. I'll be good for a while. Yeah, and it was yeah, he got over two hundred thousand. So we'd like think like these people are like rolling in it, but this generation was rolling. Yeah. yeah, like this, like William Holden's generation of movie makers, and the fact that Reagan couldn't even cut it in this golden age time when like you, <laughs> if you like, you know. Woke up in the morning, they the a studio threw ten thousand dollars at you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, his career goes through a lot of peaks and valleys throughout the years. Won an Oscar for Stalag Seventeen. Yeah, Stalag Seventeen was his only Oscar. Nominated three times, he won for Stalag, which is him reteaming with Billy Wilder. So Billy Wilder is like the guy who saved his life basically and mm-hmm. made his career what it is. Him and Barbara Stanwyck. And Barbara Stanwyck also, yeah. And he was nominated with Peter Finch in the same category. In network. network. Yeah. But Top a, drunk. But a dead Peter Finch beat him. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to hurt. Maybe that's why the later years were kind of rougher. Yeah. But the problem with is like him, he drank so much. And by like the 60s, he was looking too old already for like those roles. So like Steve McQueen and uh, what's his name? Paul Newman were like getting the roles that he used to because he, he drank so much. Like some movie critics said his his face had so many lines all over it. It looked like a map of the United States. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. That's nice of them. And this yeah. is standard definition. Yeah. <laughs> well, film was high definition. Yeah. By the late 70s, early 80s, his movie career is basically over. Um, He does roles like um, he did a movie with Paul Newman called When Time Ran Out, which seems very apropos (laughs) for both of those guys at that time. (laughs) The movie bombed, obviously. He did this movie called The Earthling, which was uh, him and Ricky Schroeder. 
in which he plays uh, a loner dying of cancer in the Australian Outback. Ricky Trove's an orphan boy, and I don't know. It sounds like a horrible movie. Call that cancer? <laughs> yeah. This is cancer. <laughs> this is a cancer. <laughs> was Ricky Schroeder in any good movie as a child actor? I don't know, but he's he always was... in those dumb sports movies. It was whining. <laughs> Throw me the ball. Yeah. Like, <laughs> shut up, kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A grizzled old father figure. <laughs> what are you looking at, kid? <laughs> <laughs> you suck as a son. <laughs> Uh, then they're like, okay, now action. Yeah. <laughs> his last movie is Blake Edwards SOB. <laughs> so yeah. it, when time ran out and SOB are like his last movies. So yeah. Hollywood telling you something now. He did look rough. Yeah, he looked rough. And for late fifties even. Well, you know, some people like to have a couple of drinks. This guy likes to have a couple bottles of vodka. Likes to have a couple bars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He gives the menu back. He says, uh, I'll have this. It's like the drinks had him. <laughs> In Soviet Russia, vodka have you. So his career, movie career is over. What does he do? Does he spend time with his family and his four kids with various women? Hell no. Drinks aren't going to drink themselves. <laughs> of course not. <laughs> He's got a drink on the beach in Santa Monica. Uh, he owns this like huge building right across from the beach in Santa Monica Boulevard. He buys a, a like pier. Uh, not the pier. He owns the Ocean Ave. Must be. He owns the Ferris wheel. I, yeah. I have. <laughs> I have the address here. It's uh, 535 Ocean Avenue in Santa Monica. Oh, sweet. So if you look at it, it's like the same building that he was living in uh, when he passed away is still there. I thought like, you know, when I'm reading like his history, I'm like, this guy's from the 30s. He probably bought like a, a house like literally on the beach or something. But it's like across from um, whatever the PCH. Yep. And it's like a 10 unit place that he has. He had a unit on the fourth floor there. So he owned like the entire building and like people would come and go and like uh, he, they'd be living there and they'd be like, oh, my God, that's our landlord. Who's William Holden, the actor? <laughs> and he would not talk to anyone. He just lived there mysteriously. But he didn't live there with his wife or his ex-wife or any of his kids or anyone just by himself in this place. Living like a Don Draper like existence. That's kind of like what you do, though, by the ocean. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, but you, you'd think you'd be sharing it with, you know, he even had, by 1971, he had this girlfriend, Stephanie Powers. He Oh, St 72, rather. This girl, Stephanie Powers, he was dating for years. Um, and she was an actress also, but she didn't live there. Like, he's a loner, dude. He'd like, he would just go to the liquor store, come home, and just, you know, drink himself to death. And she was best known for the show Heart to Heart with Daddy Wagner. Oh, really? Yeah, well, there's some crossover there with is. the Wagner thing, yeah. Are you um, going to get into that? We'll get into that in a minute. Um, but I just want to give a history of his drinking. Like, he's an insane drunk. Um, <laughs> while in, in Italy in 1966, uh, William Holden was responsible for the death of another driver in a drunk driving incident near the Leaning Tower of Pizza. What? Um, he received Wait a minute. Pizza? Pizza. Pizza or pizza? Pizza. Whatever. Oh, okay. What am I, Italian? I thought you were making a joke. We went from film class to, to, to Italian class here. What is this, Italian class? <laughs> Marone, I'm over here trying to pronounce it. Actually, it's the Leaning Tower of Cheese. Cheese. <laughs> the Weasel. So he killed someone. So he killed someone with a car. God, I think you should not be allowed to drink or drive or act in movies after that. Well, he did receive an eight-month suspended sentence for vehicular manslaughter. Oh, that's so sad. He probably had to go whine in his Santa Monica apartment with the ocean view. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, like... William Holden killed someone with his car? Yes. Holy shit. He was drunk <laughs> as I a know. fucking skunk. Wow. That what is... year was this? 66. Oh, so he's just in the middle of everything, like working. Yeah, this is like in the his heyday. Wow. Yeah, this is before network and towering inferno. He yeah. worked a lot after that. He had already been working for like, uh, what, like thirty, 30 years? years? Yeah. <laughs> Didn't even slow him down. No, oh, he's an old guy. Too. He kept driving with yeah. the guy on the car. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Will you let me off with the car, please? Sir? He viewed him as literally a speed bump. Yeah, yeah. he did. <laughs> 
<laughs> this is like not fully hitting me. This happened in Italy, ne- like next to a historical fucking site. Yeah. Wow. It, it'd be like, uh, you know, driving into the World Trade Center and just keep driving <laughs> yeah. with someone like under your car. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I guess, though, it was legal because it was a mime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A street performer. <laughs> <laughs> you trying to hit these people, McLean? Yeah, maybe that mime. <laughs> so, yeah, he's he... Killed someone. Like, yeah, I don't know is... how that, that must weigh on you a little bit. <laughs> and <The> it's. Car? <laughs> <laughs> well, on, I got on Mario. Or, on my chest. Or whatever. He killed <laughs> Lorenzo. <laughs> <laughs> so this is like, uh, what's his face? Uh, Ferris Bueller. Yeah, but he got more Matthew... of a sentence than Matthew Broderick did. Matthew Broderick only had to pay like 400 bucks. Yeah. Or 150. Yeah. Uh, but he, he got a suspended sentence, so he didn't have to serve any time then. Uh, no. Wow. He got that suspended a sentence. <laughs> no, that's what they said in The Godfather. Remember the guy uh, um, the guy at the beginning who asked him to kill these guys who beat up his daughter? They mm. get the suspended a sentence. Yeah. <laughs> so then that's the blueprint that was set because then other big actors are like, eh, I only killed one or two people. Yeah, yeah. When I was reading that, it reminded me, again, of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character from Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, just like, Living insanely and not really thinking about any consequences. Right. Yeah, William Holden probably had a flamethrower under his couch. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Imagine what was going on in that apartment. I can't. Yeah. On the car, there's a mustache attached to it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They have to peel it off. (laughs) My mustache is on the car. Where did it go? Mr. Holden, what? (laughs) I'm dead. (laughs) My facial hair is attached to your car, (laughs) man. So he lived like this kind of a hermit lifestyle in Santa Monica there for, you know, years and years. Until one fateful night, November 12, 1981. No one had seen him for like a week. Not even Stephanie Powers? Not even Stephanie Powers. She talked to him on the phone like seven days before, said he was drunk, but he he was the usual old drunk, William Holden. He was his normal self. So she was just staying at her place, probably working. Yeah, she was just living her, probably closer to Hollywood than Santa Monica because she was like more of a working actress at this time. Yeah. No one knew who he where he was. Uh, everyone kept calling the building manager at the building where William lived and owned. So on November 16th, the building manager, Bill Martin, opens the apartment and finds William Holden dead on the floor. When Bill Martin opens the door, all the lights are off except for the TV is blaring. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought you were going to say Bill Maher. Yeah. Okay. New rule. Don't die by running into a nightstand. Yes. <laughs> well, Alejandro gave it away, so we might as well talk about it. Running into a nightstand? Yeah. <laughs> well, this is what happened. This is what they believe happened. Uh, they think he had a robe on and he had a shirt on, but he had no pants on. People think he was either taking his pants off or putting them on, in which he slipped on a throw rug. He slips on a throw rug, bangs his head into a nightstand. And he gives himself about a three-inch divot on his forehead. Oof. So when that happens, the nightstand goes into the plaster wall about like four inches because he slams it in that direction while, while hitting his head. And then um, he falls on the floor. And then he starts dabbing the um the, the gash. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay, so he survives this. He survives it. And then he starts, he thinks he's going to get away with just dabbing it and like he'll be fine by the morning. He'll go to the doctor then because he's a very private person. Mm-hmm. Kyle, stop dabbing. <laughs> <laughs> so he's just doing this, dabbing it with, uh, with like cotton and like swabs and stuff. Like it's a stain on the carpet. Yes. Wow. Like he's going to get rid of it by doing that. <laughs> yeah, it'll magically heal. Which reminded me of one time when I was in uh, Fort Lauderdale for spring break. I saw some kid from Kentucky literally dive into a three-foot pool, break his entire oh. nose. Cartilage was like sticking out oh. here and blood was gashed. And he uses cocktail napkins for his drink to like to stop the blood. <laughs> he's like, I'll be fine. He's like, I'll be fine. I'll be fine. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you're not going to be fine there. You're going to want to get get that taken care of somewhere. And his nose is falling off. Yeah, his nose is like falling off. It's, it's like into his In vodka drink. tonic. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be fine as they're zipping up the body. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cut to two <laughs> seconds later. Zip. And your buddy at Woodstock 99. 
who had a head got wound. the shit kicked out of him. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the guy I never saw again. I have no, have seen no proof of him living after that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, say what you will. That fucking throw rug really threw him. Yeah, did its job. Who I bet just someone bought that for him. Who knew what they bought? For yeah, it, knew what happened with it. <laughs> that rug really gave a touch. That sounds like a oh. curb thing. Yeah, someone bought him this throw rug. <laughs> <laughs> Larry bought it for him. <laughs> it's an Italian design. That yeah. would be karma. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> or a plate of spaghetti he didn't see. It's okay. a meat well, coming back to get you. <laughs> chokes on a meatball. Yeah, yeah there's, a, there's a, some ragu on the floor. Yeah. <laughs> so they find a large. Bottle of empty bottle of vodka in the trash can. They Which fi- implies he polished that off. Polished that off. Four empty beer bottles and another vodka bottle that had like was like uh, three quarters full. Wow! So in he, the trash. That's the f- no. The, that was uh, on the counter. Oh, okay. The That's empty, the real tragedy. He didn't finish the vodka. Didn't get to drink it. Yeah, they, they buried him with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he was probably trying to grab it in his dying moment. Yeah. <laughs> Just a little closer. <laughs> but this is like one night's drinking. This is like a Tuesday for this guy. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, what did he consider a normal drinking night? I wonder how much he consumed. Oh, it's probably night. It's probably day, too. Insane. You got to imagine the force of that, too, being able, being able to rip his forehead open because he was... <laughs> drinking hard so is and just outside in the sun all yeah. day so his skin was pretty much leather yeah. the fact that you fucking hit yourself with that much force he just zips it up yeah. like it's a leather, <laughs> leather yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah one day that's, uh, that's yeah so force. he's he must have been on a bender though Oof. like this is like his day in day out like he made so much money that he's got really nothing else to do now but I think he's just waiting to die or something and then he did yeah so he died like 15 minutes after he hit his head so i even if he called oh, 15 minutes if, even if he called 911 i don't know what that would have done because in 1981 if you called an ambulance in la i don't know santa monica too. santa monica yeah they get a hospital down there he might have been okay who knows yeah it's a very expensive building to live in. Yeah. There's one unit for sale right now. Seventh floor, one unit. It's 1,500 square feet, two bed, two bath, $4 million. Wow. It's got a nice view. But it's like in the middle Who of needs an, a all that insanity down now. I don't need a view that bad. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> um, the coroner, Dr. Thomas Noguchi... Oh, last from the past. Remember this? Yeah, he was the corner on this one. He had a lot of work these days. Yeah, it was his tax season. Yeah, <laughs> um, because what's your name died like ten days later. Natalie Wood. Natalie Wood died very soon after. Also, not that far from Santa Monica. Yeah, Catalina Island. Yeah, not that far at all. And this guy was a very ineffective medical examiner. He's not great at his job because he said something and he was wrong. Because he said that William had dinner with uh, his two of his friends that night. No, like a couple weeks ago. Oh, because no one had seen him. No one had seen him. And he's like, these are the last people who saw him. But no, uh, Samantha Power had talked to him. Stephanie Power. Stephanie Power, yeah. So he was wrong in that. But he said the death was caused by an accidental fall involving tripping over and slipping on a throw rug, then falling onto the sharp edge of a bedside table. So he also just hit the sharpest edge of that table. Yeah. Usually you hit your knee on that, not your forehead. Yeah. And what do they call this? What is this classified as? Death by misadventure? No, I think it's accidental death. Okay. The assistant coroner, Richard Wilson, said Holden was very intoxicated when he died. Um, You think? He had a blood alcohol level of 0.22. But he said the level means he was heavily intoxicated, but the body was badly decomposed because he had been dead for like four days. So that raises your blood alcohol level when your body decomposes. The only saving grace is that it wasn't summer. Imagine walking in on that. Oh, yeah. Four days of just like stank. Because it probably stank already before he died. And then after. Forget about it. Forget about it. Fugazi. Yeah, um, his friends, uh, Glenn Ford and his wife, who he, who he had just seen, um, they had him over for dinner. I, ma- I imagine, like, how much is he eating? He's probably drinking the entire time. <laughs> right. Yeah. He sits down at the dinner table and just pops open a <laughs> yeah. bottle, starts chugging it. Yeah, he puts a knife and fork in his, bo- <laughs> in his bowl <laughs> of vodka. <laughs> mm, this is good. 
Um, apparently, per Glenn Ford, he was in good spirits, and they talked about a number of things, including... And he had spirits in him. Yeah, and plenty of spirits. So, yeah, this guy, his friend Glenn was writing a book, and they were talking about that, and they were talking about life and reminiscing about their you know, their history and, and Hollywood and all that stuff. And so. Italy. And, well, that the was, good old days. <laughs> yeah, the good old days. <laughs> Where we used to get away with running people over. Yeah. <laughs> we could do anything. <laughs> the world was ours. We could go to Leaning Tower of Pisa and just run over some guy. Those were the days. I was reading more about it. They said that it was like uh, two cars. He was in a, Holden was in a Ferrari and the other guy was in a Fiat. Oh, yeah. And the Fiat cut him off and he said he tried to go around him, but they brushed and the guy lost control, drove off the road and he died in the car. <laughs> oh, shit. And he had two chicks in the car with him. Holden did. Oh, he did. Yeah. Uh-huh. And so he went and ran away, and the girls went and stayed at like another resort somewhere by themselves. Yeah, that must have been crazy. Wait, he ran from the scene? Uh, yeah, they just said like he was. The other girls like kind of took off and did their own thing. He probably went to go sober up somewhere, maybe, yeah. and then, then turn himself in. <laughs> God, crazy. Yeah. Um, after his death, rumors existed that he was suffering from lung cancer, but Holden had denied that at a 1980 press conference. His death certificate makes no mention of cancer. Mm. He dictated in his will that the Neptune Society should cremate him. The Neptune Society is like a company out here that I may or may not have tempt for. (laughs) (laughs) I thought that sounded familiar. So what they do is they cremate people and they, a lot of times they throw them in the Pacific Ocean off the Santa Monica Pier or, but they get those permits for you. If you, if you have a loved one who dies and you want to, you know, just throw them off the Venice Boulevard or something (laughs) into the ocean, this company does that for you. And it's a very bad company. Uh, and, I, <laughs> <laughs> and I worked there for some time and it's just, it was crazy to me researching this and seeing that in 1981, they were, they were around then. Too. So they specialize in setting people on fire and throwing them in the ocean. In a roundabout way. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> There's a little more craft to it. I think yeah. um, uh, president Ronald Reagan, who's now president at this time, his best friend or one of them, a with, new president, too. a new president too, brand new. Um, he releases a statement after William dies. He says, oh, I have a great deal of grief. We were close friends for many years. What do you say about a longtime friend? A sense of personal loss. A fine man. Sounds like a roast setup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you say about a longtime friend who kills himself by a night table? <laughs> He's a hockey puck. <laughs> He's like, like Don Rickles. Pour me another one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He always said, this one's on me. Talking about the night table. <laughs> <laughs> I was He's talking about a huge gash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he always said, glug, 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 glug. <laughs> um, for his contribution to the film industry, Holden received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame located at 1651 Vine Street. Okay, that may or may not be featured on the upcoming Death and Entertainment walking tour. Yeah. Walking tour. His death was noted by singer-songwriter Suzanne Vega, whose 1987 song Tom's Diner was a sequence of events one morning in 1981, including reading the newspaper scene, an actor died while drinking. And she confirmed that was him. So, do, 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 he's do, in, do, he's do, in do, song, do, pop culture songs. He yeah. ran into the table. Do, 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 do. He's a drink beater. <laughs> <laughs> when Barbara St- Stanwyck received her honorary Oscar at the 1982 Academy Award ceremony, um, Holden had died in an accident just a few months prior. At the end of her acceptance speech, she paid him a personal tribute saying, I loved him very much and I miss him. He always wished that I got I would get an Oscar, and so tonight, my golden boy, you got your wish. Hey. That is very lovely. Yeah. Uh, I see here Billy Wilder had a clever quote after he died. What did he say? If someone had said to me, Holden's dead, I would have assumed that he had been gored by a water buffalo in Kenya, <laughs> that a crazed, jealous woman had shot him, but to be killed by a bottle of vodka and a night table? What a lousy fade out of a great guy. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Not so great. Not, no, not when the... you think of that poor Italian guy. Yeah. Uh, Friars Club. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> <laughs> not to forget about me. I am a dead too. <laughs> now he's like uh, he's like um, Dracula. I am a dead too. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> 
Holden bequeathed 250 grand to girlfriend Stephanie Powers, so she got 250k. For okay, the, that's for the, not that much. For their Back in that day, that's a lot. Yeah, you could buy okay. uh, you could buy all of L.A. for that. Mm-hmm. You, you could buy that apartment <laughs> in Santa Monica. Good. Um, Fifty thousand dollars to former co-star Cappuccini. Which <laughs> <laughs> he confused with Cappuccino. Yeah. Fifty thousand dollars to socialite friend Patricia Stoffer. I wonder if these are just ch- his side chicks or something. That, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, it has to be. Um, the bulk of his estate was divided between ex-wife Brenda Marshall, their two actor sons, his stepdaughter, his sister, and his mother. They uh, were still living. Yeah, Blanche. She probably lived to be hundred and thirty. She's probably still alive. Yeah, how the hell is she I still alive? I do declare I am 130 years young. I am a breathing. <laughs> uh, after his death, Powers set up the William Holden Wildlife Foundation at Holden's Mount Kenya Game Ranch. So he had like a whole safari in, in Africa that he owned. Mm. That he bought, I think he bought it with like uh, two other like rich people. So he must have done a movie at one point. Mm, yeah, and that's what uh, that's what with inspired those him. Animals, yeah, and got into it. Whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa! Whoa, you talking about his, his business, <laughs> business partners like that? Hey. <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about network. Oh, uh, yeah, Peter Finch. Yeah, kind of a sad death. I I don't I don't know how I uh, feel about this guy. I feel like he got lucky throughout his entire life, so it's really hard to feel bad for him. And he killed an Italian guy. Yeah. I don't feel bad for him at all. Yeah. No. I think that was a very just death. Jesus. <laughs> no, I mean, it, it happened. That, what can yeah. I do about it? Yeah. I didn't do it. I'm not the nightstand. Yeah. You know, he got lucky and Barbara Stanwyck saved, saved his life. And that doesn't happen for any, everyone, you know? And there's a rumor that Holden Caulfield from Catcher in the Rye was named after him. Really? That J.D. Salinger saw his name on the marquee. I believe that, actually. But some people say that he would have written it before William Holden was really famous. So I don't know. It's it one of out, those no, legends. But it, came, it came out in the 40s, though. That's it was like his heyday. It could yeah. be because yeah. he was the most famous Holden, although it was his last name. Mm-hmm. I believe that. And a lot of his movies, especially after Ward will were two were about like and a lot of like um jd salinger's writing is about world war ii mm-hmm. and about after that so yeah but uh yeah that's the life and death of mr william holden wow what a life that's life <laughs> that's what all the people say yeah he seems like the kind of guy that would fight people in public too i'm surprised there wasn't uh more of that. Yeah, like, that <laughs> oh. dudes would just do that. Like, Lee Marvin, I heard, he would just, like, f- go, he would jump on his friend's roofs of his cars, and, like, he was, like, 50 <laughs> doing this. Like, dudes were, like, that generation just did not give up. Well, we talked about Finchie and, uh, and all, like, that generation of, of yeah. actors. They were, Peter O'Toole. William Harris. Like, they were fucking nuts. And uh, the dude from Eraserhead. Yeah, I was just going to say that. You yeah. just reminded me when you said fighting people in public. Yeah. That's just what Jack Nance used to do. Yeah. <laughs> and he went to a donut shop, Winchell's in Pasadena. That's right. Back to Pasadena. And he hit his head yeah. in a mysterious fight. Yep. And then decided to go to bed and woke up dead. The thing about him, though, compared to like William Holden or, you know, some of these other like bigger actors, they're literally bigger in size. So they could actually handle themselves in fights if once they get like blackout drunk. Yeah. yeah but a guy like a- that is like a little dude. Like he was not like, you know, good in a fight. You yeah. think he could handle a fight with a nightstand, though? Yeah. And he c- could not. <laughs> Nature always wins. He yeah. brought a head to a nightstand. For him. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he brought a throw rug <laughs> to a nightstand fight. <laughs> Never bring a rug to a furniture fight. <laughs> that first step is a doozy, Mr. Holden. Final thoughts. He Final was ready for his close-up Yeah, with the edge of the nightstand, Oof, Mr. He, DeMille. He got it. Yeah, he got a little too close to that <laughs> nightstand. Three inches. Hey. Hey. <laughs> Some would say that's big, okay? <laughs> I'm just talking about his thick size here, okay? Some would say that's perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's it. William Holden. All right. Rest in well, peace. Yeah. Yeah, of course, right? Yeah. You know, he killed the Italian guy, but I guess. But I guess who didn't? 
back in the day. <laughs> he deserves yeah. some redemption. And- yeah, if you don't have a blackout death or killing, <laughs> yeah. like you were a loser. Yeah, loser. <laughs> yeah, like Keith Moon killing his friend, like drunk. Like if you didn't have lead to like someone getting badly maimed or right. killed, yeah. you were a loser, and no one could trust you if you haven't killed someone <laughs> <laughs> while drunk. <laughs> Even Laura Bush killed somebody. Yeah, she killed. She ran over a guy. Did she really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. She was a weed dealer. What? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. She gave really good head, too. Oh, okay. <laughs> Boy, I didn't think we were getting this territory. That's what you get for uh, for elongating this. Like, <laughs> we just start getting nastier and nastier. Who taught her? Nancy Reagan? Yes. <laughs> Formerly Nancy Davis when William Holden met her. Well. Oh, well, did you fuck my wife? <laughs> do you, do you That's what inspired Raging Bull. <laughs> yeah. Fuck my wife? Cuck Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> can I watch from a double-sided mirror? Ooh, can you give it to her? Yeah, I want to. I want. I want to see. Can you destroy her like I'm destroying middle class? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Can you clean her out like I like I've cleaned out the uh, federal reserve? The, 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 yeah, the, the dust belt, the gold the rust standard. Belt. Yeah. I would like to ravage your inside like AIDS, oh like God. Fort Knox. <laughs> the like gold I'm, is gone. All right, Ronnie, stop. <laughs> Can this Alzheimer's kick in a little sooner? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, I'll fuck your wife. No, I don't want to listen anymore to this. If you'll just shut up. Just shut your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> oh, ah, uh, okay. Oh, just, uh, oh, ah, uh, oh. <laughs> he's like, he's shorting out. <laughs> well, that's all, folks. Yeah. yeah. Well, that is all. That is all, yeah. Uh, like we said before this episode started, make sure you come back to our YouTube channel every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Pacific time to see Death in Entertainment tonight live. Mm. We're doing it live. We're fucking it. Yes. Yeah, that's 7 p.m. Pacific and 10 p.m. Eastern. And in Wisconsin, yep. it is 9 p.m. Yeah. And then if you're in between any of those places, figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah. Uh, other than that, go to our Patreon. We have a ton of stuff that's about to be uploaded over there. Uh, we just dropped something about Vince McMahon and his insane suit that came out and uh, lawsuit that is. Yeah, we're not talking about a tailor-made <laughs> yeah. tuxedo. We're not talking about his Brioni. No. <laughs> we are talking about some hardcore <laughs> allegations that he will never be able to recover from. Yeah. Neither will I after hearing them. Yeah, for real. And other than that, yeah, just make sure you check us out. Uh, you're, if you're already listening right now, then you're already listening on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Every Wednesday, our episodes will be dropping. So make sure you come back next Wednesday, Tuesday on YouTube. And other than that, I think we're out of here. And until next week, don't go dinos. Bye-bye. You have just heard... A true Hollywood... Shocker. I have never seen anything like this before. The movies, Broadway, music, television, all of it. A place that manufactures... Nightmares. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Good night. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon.